Queer Business Success, the podcast for LGBTQIA business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, coaches, caregivers, and the allies who love our community. We tell the stories of why our businesses were formed, who we serve, our challenges and successes, and we offer sound advice to our fellow queer entrepreneurs. Our hope is to inspire, enlighten, and highlight the services that our LGBTQIA businesses and allies offer. If we can do this, so can you. We believe that we need more LGBTQIA business owners, not only for our community, but for a better world. Here's our host, Anne-Marie Zanza. So tell me how you ended up branding yourself, how you went from this girl that comes from corporate culture to creating your own business. Yeah, so I definitely have experimented with branding. And, you know, it was really hard, right? It's me and Caitlin, and we've got a teeny tiny small team. You know, we don't even have the 10 employees on the small business list of employees, right? So I'm like, no, we're we're a micro business is technically what I would position us as and call us. And at first I was really like, hey, I got to go and build a really big brand for the name of our business. And we did set out to do that. And then what I realized is, is I also needed to make a name for myself and figuring out, you know, how do I do that? And to me, to figure out the brand for myself, it was all about doing the work for what do I care about? How do I want to express that? And it's still sometimes scary for me because visibility is a scary thing sometimes. How do I make sure people see and how do I how do I be vulnerable but also not put myself in a place where people are like, oh, that's too much, Anna. But it's important to have those conversations. So for the branding part, I really just focus on answering questions and sharing my journey. And then when I make my offers, I take pieces of what I've learned and what my clients are going through. So people know, and I do it in a pretty transparent way. This is how I can help you take it, leave it. And I really had to get to the confidence of, take it, leave it. I'm not for everyone. And if I can help you with that problem that I see is happening, then if that's happening for you, then I know I can help you with that problem. Mm -hmm. Branding is, um, it's actually, I think out of the, the pillars that we have in purposeful empowerment is the funnest one. I really enjoy that because it's the time where you can just take the creative side of you and create and either create it logos, like create it with Anna and her team, or, you know, create it with somebody else and really figure out how you want to be represented in the world. And also it's with color too. It's, it's really like to me that I love creating like a brand. And, you know, I have the Lotus as my brand logo and I'm not going to change that. That's moving over to purposeful empowerment. It's so much a part of my identity as a brand now. Now, honestly, it's probably more important to me as an, I don't know how many people recognize it. It's on everything I do. And there may be people recognizing it too now that, oh, this is the brand of Amory Zanzel, because when they see that logo of the Lotus with the rainbow clearing in the clear center, they know that this is a product, something this support or service is coming from Amory Zanzel. And it's like one of those things that like people are not even aware of. Like, you, you know, you see it, like you see the Coca-Cola, you know, it's the Coca-Cola brand, you know, you see 
oh gosh, the Airbnb symbol, you know, it's Airbnb. So that's why branding is, I think the funnest part about creating your business. Have you, with the clients you've worked with, do people like it or am I unusual? No, I think, I think people do like it. And sometimes people get a little stuck on it because they get stuck on like, what are the right colors and what is the right way? And really, that's where we have to go back to look at ourselves. Like, how do you want to represent your business? How do you, what are you actually creating, right? For me to know if you're building a personal brand or a business brand, that determines on where you're going and where you want to go with your business. And we should build a brand around you probably as a person and in your business, if you're here to make a difference, right? And I think the the other fun part is, is it's okay if those colors look a little different for you versus your business. It's okay if the fonts are a little different and looking at the application, it can seem like so much, but also gets me really front because it's about that expression of you, right? And yeah, absolutely. And to me, branding is also going to be like the way you talk about the experiences too. And then those colors start to represent you and the, the unique value you bring your offers because there's an emotional representation of the experience they have with you through your colors, through your thoughts, through your logo, right? It's, it really is all connected. Mm -hmm. So you keep mentioning offers. Tell me what you mean by that. Yeah. So when, when I think about an offer, it's about what are the services that you can do and provide for someone Mm -hmm. and then helping that person or your ideal audience see how what you offer or what you deliver or what you provide can help them with the problem that they're facing. So for example, Amory, I'm going to use you as an example. Absolutely. So one of the things that you offer when you first started was support groups and they were small support groups and they were more topic-based, right? Now, Amory still does some things that are topic-based, but it looks a lot different. Now your main offering, the main way that you provide services to people is through Lotus Group Coaching. So it's still coaching, it's still support groups, but it's been structured in a way that gets people the best results and it gives them what they really need. And you you decided this is the best way I wanna deliver these services to you. So that is a unique offer where people actually get the support they need to do it. Now there's, you can make different offers, you can frame it different ways, you can structure things different ways. So those are different offers for different audiences. But when you have something that's available for people, you can actually provide those services. People can actually get what they need in a way that works for you as a person who's delivering the services and the products. And it works for them as the participants, particularly if you're clear in your communication about how it works, right? Right. And and also your first offer is not your last offer. Um, I have been through, oh my gosh, so many iterations until finally I realized and settled on the group coaching model, which has been my offer now for almost two years. It'll be two years in January. And I realized that, you know, my later in life community that I worked with, I love group coaching. I think group coaching provides community and it also provides support for other people as they're um, going through some sort of change or tradition. And that's why the model 
model that I am using for purposeful empowerment is also a group coaching model because I know it works. Community changes things. And also when you are a solo pro, uh, solopreneur just starting out, you know, having a couple of other people or, you know, you know, five to 10 other people that are doing the same thing you're doing at the same time that can not only support you and clap when you make a sale, but also can give you feedback. You know, you have your instant little marketing research team that will say, oh, I don't like that. I mean, that happened last night. Um, I was working with um, a couple of my, the women that are in my purposeful empowerment program and I missed something, but the other person was listening so well because she realized she said that the person wasn't clear enough and she was right. I had missed it. She was right. And so like having all these ears listening because is really, really important because that sometimes people can hear things that you can't hear just because of, you know, something that was going on before or something like that. So I really, really value the group coaching model, but it wasn't my first offer. And I am sure with Business Inspired Solutions, your offer has changed multiple times. Yeah, it's absolutely changed. Like the what we're doing hasn't really changed, but right. how how we do it, it and how we deliver it and how we help people um, absolutely has changed. And, you know, we have a ton of different offers and we're working on, you know, another way to simplify the process. Because when you have a simple offer, a simple way that you help people, it's easy. It's easier for them to say yes. It's easier for them to say, yeah, that's absolutely what I need. Let's do this. Uh, and then, then it speaks to you making sure that people know you, like you, and trust you. Right now, we're talking about branding and your messaging again. Well, there it is again, right back to that. But when you have that, it makes it easy for people to go, okay, yep, that's the way that I want to be helped. I used to think that I needed to make something super customized to everyone, but what I realized was that created a lot of gaps and I could not create consistent ways that I help people. So being the one, since I'm the one who owns this business uh, with Caitlin, we are the ones who get to determine how we want to choose to serve people. We are the ones who get to say, yes, this way, not that way. And if people want to know why not, I'll absolutely share with them from my experience, why we're doing it this way and educate them. So they understand and that's a totally different level of value versus you tell me what to do and I'll just do it. Otherwise, now you're just a 1099 contractor and you're right back to the employee world that you probably don't want to stay in. Right. So like <coughs> you have also over the years have seen my pricing change from barely charging anything to now charging at least with Lotus Group Coaching and with Purposeful Empowerment, I have really gone from realizing I value my worth. I value what I bring to the table. I value what I have to offer. That is, I think, the hardest part for a new entrepreneur, especially one that is offering support and services, not someone who's offering a product, because when you're offering a product, there's often other things that you have to factor into it, including manufacturing mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But for people who are already um, offering support and services, like valuing their worth sometimes takes time. How do you work with people around that, Anna? Yeah, for me, it absolutely takes time, right? And to me, the way that I work with people is we're going to look at what is your big vision? I mean, I use the principle from it's my favorite principle from seven habits of highly effective people. And that's begin with the end in mind. 
if you're up to something really big and you see that you actually don't value yourself, it will actually limit your ability to achieve and accomplish that thing. And when you can see the impact of not valuing yourself or not charging your worth and how you're going to miss the mark of what you really want, you decide to make some changes. And they are really uncomfortable sometimes. It is uncomfortable to have some courage. When I was working with a coach, I don't know, it's probably like the second year of my business. I was like, I can't just double my prices and be okay with it. I can't. That's that's too much. I'm freaking out. I can't be calm. I can't say that calmly on a phone call. And so the advice that that coach gave me was, okay, so sell it 20% more. And then sell it at 20% more until you're so confident at selling it that, then you know you have to sell it at 20% more again. Tear it up and tee it up. And I still do that now when mm -hmm. I'm selling because I still, there's still some areas I don't fully value my worth and until I sell it and then we deliver it. And we're like, oh my gosh, and Caitlin and I, we made a hundred dollars on this and we paid our team all the money. Wow. That really does not work long-term, right? right? You got a team, you got to pay them being able to see it. Yeah. And also too, having teams, having people that you care about, because I really care about Anna and Caitlin, and I also care about Barb. Part of my success that drives me for success is that I want to be able to keep a relationship with them. And I really want to be able to pay them, but I also want to pay them well. I am not, I, my, one of my values is I am never going to be a coach that, you know, employs somebody for $10 an hour. That's just not who I am. I don't value it. People need to make a living. I'm not, even if they're overseas, because I see a lot of coaches hiring people for minimum amounts that work from other countries. And I just can't do that. It just doesn't strike my values. So a lot of times valuing my worth is I also value the people that work with me. And so I know, but I also have to pay them. <laughs> so, you know, it becomes where you value your worth and you value your team. So, you know, you learn to raise prices. And one of the things that I have learned is that saying a number the first time is always painful, always painful. It is painful. <laughs> And then you get comfortable. And I love what Anna's coach said is that if you can't double your prices, you can do 10% at a time for the next year, you know, and, and all of a sudden you will be at your double the price. And so that is, and also too, one of the things about when you're a new entrepreneur, this is really normal, like being really uncomfortable saying your price or raising your prices. It is for most people, especially like the type of people that Anna and I want to work with in purposeful empowerment is that professional caregiver that is creating a business and support and services for the communities they love. This is all new to them. They've never done this before. And so it is really normal to be really uncomfortable with the whole financial piece of it, because usually if you come from that background, somebody else is taking care of it. That's not your job. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I also see, you know, like we're in some mutual Facebook groups, Anne-Marie and I are, and there's one that literally probably six posts a day is what should I price this thing at? I mean, it's always there. And what I see all the time is you get such a wide range of answers back to it. And I get it. You turn to other people who've done it to figure out your price. And I don't think that that's a bad strategy to start with. But long term, it's also build, taking a really hard look. Like, what is the value? So, Anne-Marie, I've got a question for you. 
and uh, and now, now I'm the host just for a second. <laughs> I'm teasing you, but it's perfect. So what's the value for people to have, no kidding, the support to go through one of the hardest things that we have to face when we come out later in life? Like, no kidding, you provide so much space for them to to process, to learn, to grow, to love themselves, to heal. Like, what is the real value of that? Like, what's that's priceless. Yeah, that's- it is priceless, you know. And um, and the thing is, is that people often don't understand that. So how I view my people that also buy my, you know, that purchase, you know, I put out a ton of free content, like so much free content. So if somebody does not have the resources to pay me, I completely understand. And I, you know, it's like, I understand, but the people that are able to support my business are also supporting the queer community as well, the later in life queer community for the folks that can afford it. And so it's one of those things that I don't think people realize they do, but they do do that. And having support when you're going through any kind of major life transition is truly priceless. Or when you're building a business, having good, solid support where you have not only people that have done this, but also people that have various skills and different sides of building a new business and also cheerleaders and people that are really excited to you because they really want to see you succeed is priceless. Like it really, really is. I mean, we probably should charge a hundred thousand dollars for it. Maybe, <laughs> probably. In years. <laughs> maybe in a couple of years. Yeah. For, for anybody who's listening, like if you're not sure what the value of your services are, I just really want you to look like just for a second, do this exercise with me. What would it look like if uh, you didn't help them? What would their life look like a year from now? five years from now, sure, maybe they could find somebody else to help them. And maybe that person could help them get closer to where they want to be. But that person is not you. You have a unique way that you help people through the services that you provide. And I think to me, that's also what motivates me to charge my worth. So I can still be here. Because if I'm worried about feeding my family, and I'm worried about making sure my team can feed their families, and if I'm worried about all of that stuff, that does not really create an abundance or a world where we can thrive and succeed together. So, and I know like as a queer person, sometimes it feels even harder to charge your worth, but really you bring a lot of unique things to the table. So don't let it be a barrier. We have enough. We don't need to create more barriers for ourselves. Oh. I just, I need to ask you a follow-up question. What, what do you mean as a queer person, sometimes you don't feel like you should charge your worth because I never, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it was ever about my queerness. It was just more about me not valuing all my years of experience. It wasn't really about queerness. So can you tell me more about what you mean? Yeah. So for me, because it was, I intrinsically was raised with that belief that I was not worthy of living because I was queer. Mm-hmm. I had to overcome the hurdle of the idea I wasn't worthy of being paid well because I was queer. Like every area of my life where worthiness came up, it was absolutely attached to me being queer. And so you are not doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. Doing the work. 
doing the work. And that's one of the things I think what makes, you know, I am working with another co- a coach now, Anna's worked with coaches. And what one of my coaches has said to me is like, I haven't seen anybody like really lean into the emotional piece of building a business, the foundation of business, like figuring out like what's blocking you right now. Like, for example, last night, there was a, one of the women in my program. She was, she goes, I've just been spinning all week. I haven't done anything. Well, it turns out it was her sister's birthday who died four months ago. I'm like, of course you're spinning, you know, I mean, you, and I, and I talk about self-compassion. Sometimes it's not the week to build our business. Maybe we just do the work that we sort of hate, like adding email addresses, to something. <laughs> you know, something that's like a low brain thing that you put off doing because it's just tedious. You know, you do that this week. Don't, don't try to do anything big and also have compassion for yourself. But I think what Anna and I offer is so much compassion, especially for the new business person that we we understand what it's like and also understand what the blocks happen. And Anna just brought up such a, a really great point about, you know, if you come from a tradition and like Mormonism or any of the conservative religious traditions, um, Church of Christ, Southern Baptist, Independent Baptist, you know, I could go on and on, Orthodox Jew, a lot of times your worthiness is called into question because you are not straight. And so what do you think? think that does to you as a human being, as you're building your business, like that worthiness happens all the time. So as when Anna and I say, you got to do the work, the good thing is that we can help you do the work. (laughs) We have done that. We have. Right. And some of the work is to really like take the space because Mm -hmm. how well you are. And I think I said this in my little intro to the podcast, how well healed you are if you have not cleaned up some of that stuff, those patterns are going to pop right up in your business and you're going to have to confront it to be successful. And that part can be scary. But my favorite part about that, and I've actually learned to run towards it when that stuff pops up, it means I can have a say in my life in places I was not allowed to have a say. It means I get to actually become a better, healthier version of me because I get to be a better, healthier version of me. That's my determination. I get to choose what I'm going to do about this thing that I see that maybe I don't like about myself that actually is hurting me and not actually helping me. And it also comes back to if I don't heal it, it limits me in, in, in my ability to fulfill what I'm actually here for. So why not heal it? Let's do that. <laughs> You know, I think one of the things that we have to say is that so many people are often so afraid to go into the dark places in their life. So I think one of the things that I, like as a as I was trained to be as a chaplain is that I was trained to, to not be afraid to go into the dark places with people. And so having somebody who's okay standing with you in the places of indecision with your business or or I can't do this, I'm not good enough, I can't do this and being able to point out things that your strengths and how you have been resilient time and time again is really, really important in building a business and, and also having someone just to cheer you on. It is, I think it is, I don't think, I mean, all the business podcasts out there often focus on what, what, what do I want to say? The, the mechanics, right? 
they taught, you know, how you can do sales by doing this or doing that or how you strategy, should strategy, 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 strategy. <laughs> but if you don't figure out some of your stuff, it will limit you in building your business. So Anna, what's the thing that has been hardest for you overall with your business, business yeah. solutions? Yeah, I think for me, the hardest thing is how many decisions I have to make all the time. And I really got obsessed, you know, what I was raised with, there's like a right way and a wrong way. And I had to do a lot of work on myself to see there's, there's actually just ways that work and there's ways that don't work. And if a strategy that I've been told will work, there's a reason why it's not working. And that's because maybe it doesn't align with me or I'm not implementing it in a way that aligns with what I'm up to. But being able to let go of okay, there's a right way and a wrong way. No, there's actually just a way I'm going to try and we're going to see if it works or if it doesn't work. And having the ability to just, one of my friends calls it failing forward. And I call it getting back up after you feel like you get knocked down, right? Mm -hmm. That To me, that has been the hardest skill to learn. And then also just making sure that I'm collaborating with the right people, whether that's my clients that I'm collaborating with or uh, I'm working on bigger projects with people. That mm-hmm. is a whole other ball game, but yeah, again, it goes back to Anna and so I have made our mistakes with not with each other, but with collaborating with other people. And as you get bigger, you're invited to collaborate more and more, or you want to. You want to find somebody to do something because you see a need, and picking at the right people to collaborate with is so important. My new rule of thumb is I have to know somebody at least a year before, even if they seem fantastic, I have to work with them on some tiny projects for at least a year before I do anything major with them because I made a bad mistake with my first big collaboration. And Anna's yeah. had some experiences with that. Yeah. Yeah. And also learning like, you know, I've had some people who are like, hey, you should partner on our business. Cool. And I went down those roads and those roads did not turn out. And that's okay that they did not turn out. But really looking like, again, does this actually align with what I'm here fully up to? And right. it's okay if it doesn't uh, in the long run. And it, it's cool because I've learned so much like who actually wants me again going back to to be my full self whether that's queer or all the other gifts and talents that i have because as you have said to me a few times over the last two weeks Henry, i'm way more than just a website person i'm way more than just somebody who does marketing right i've got lots of skills and gifts and talents that i bring to the table and if i have to minimize those skills and those gifts i'm not the best person to collaborate with i want to bring my full self and i want you to bring your full self because that's a whole other level. And that's why Anna and I are passionate about helping LGBTQ individuals, because a lot of times there is resistance to bringing your full self because you think it's going to make your business, um, you're not going to make as many sales, you're going to have people say no. And the funny thing is, is when we just show up as our full selves, most people appreciate authenticity most. There's always the exceptions. But remember, folks, there's 8 billion people in the world. All right. So what are you most proud of? I mean, there's a lot of things. For me as a person, I would say that I'm happy to wake up every day. That is my greatest accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I'm happy about is that I get to look at my beautiful wife every day. That you know, th- that's my personal one. For my business, I would say most proud about the fact that even when I had no clue 
how it was going to work out. I'm still here. We're coming up on our five years, I believe. And that is a huge accomplishment. If you know anything about the statistics for businesses, pretty much like a thousand businesses could start today. And in 15 years, only like eight of them will still be there. It's if you go look at the SBA stats, don't go look at them if you don't want to get depressed. It's kind well, of depressing. It's people just choose to end them too. I mean, they, right. they decide right. they retire, they, they get, you know, they, they right. cycle back to a nine right. job. You know, I have had a couple of people in my program that they started with me in purposeful empowerment. And through the work they've done with me, they realize that they're just not at the time, even though they want their own business, they're just not at the time of their life. And we help people figure that out. And right. it's so important to be say, you know, I just went through a major divorce. Um, I just had this happen. I just had that happen. I really need to have a steady income right now. And I don't think I have the energy to put into building a business. It's right. okay to say. And that's totally okay. Yes, Absolutely. Fine. You can do this some other time if it's not the time for you. And I think that takes a lot of courage for people. But one of the things I think Anna and I value is we value people's own instincts about themselves. And we're not going to push anybody to do something that's outside their comfort zone, because what will end up happening is there will be some sort of failure along the line. They'll be miserable right. running, owning their own business, right. always anxious about money. So we've learned to let people just, you are the master of your own destiny. You may need guidance, you may need support, but ultimately we teach you how to learn, listen to your inner voice to build your business and your brand. That is- Yeah, absolutely. And do what's best for you and to create something that actually is a win. And I think there's a lot of, um, you know, to the, my point about the stats, like the reason why I look at those stats is because there's a lot of factors that contribute to why businesses aren't here long-term. Mm -hmm. And if you can, if you really want to create something and you're really committed to it, I know it is absolutely 100% possible and we can defy the stats, right? We don't have to become a stat. We get to create something that actually makes a difference for us. It actually makes a difference for other people. And not just because it was an idea in our head. It actually gets to exist in reality. You know, yes, we're on a Zoom call and you're hearing our voice over some application on your cell phone from the cloud. But it's actually real. This is real, a real experience. Mm -hmm. And what you're up to is a real thing, too. So I guess my last question is, is what would be your one piece of advice to the person that is hearing this right now? And they're like, damn, I have a really good idea, but I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, I think my one piece of advice is it's your idea. And if you think it can actually make a difference, it actually can. Mm, that's beautiful. You are the one who has the idea. Mm -hmm. Now, don't let that stress you out because you got lots of people who are here to support you in making it become a reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you need the support, I guess is my second piece of advice. If you need the support, go get the support. Go get Whether that's to develop yourself and your skills or to have people do things that use not your zone of genius bring those people, go find those people. If you see that that thing needs to exist in the world, it absolutely does. And it can. 
And I also would like to add, which is, you know, like a newbie, every new business owner, I tried to do everything as cheaply as possible and tried to do everything for free. Hence my first website that I built myself. Of course, I had to you know, pay the host and stuff like that, but it was very minimal expense. What I ended up doing is I didn't waste a year. I learned everything, every mistake I've made in my business, I've learned from. So it's, I don't call it a waste, but what I learned is that those are not my skills. I know what my skills are now. And so the things that are not mine uh, Anna's building a new website for me right now for purposeful empowerment. I am, that's not my skill set, but that's Anna's skill set. But hey, let's build this because I need to separate my two businesses out. And so I think what a lot of times people do is they don't spend the money on themselves because they don't believe in their dream. And then once we start to make some money from what we do, we end up maybe putting it back. Some people don't, some people do. But what I really want people to know, if you know there's something you hate to do, if there's something that makes you super uncomfortable, visibility, for example, is uncomfortable for people in the beginning. Navigating social media is uncomfortable for people in the beginning. If there's something you really know you don't like to do, that's your first investment. That's your first investment in your business. And then when you start to make money from your business and it gets more successful, you can take off the other things you don't like to do off your plate and give that to somebody else to do. So, Anna, how do people find you? Yeah, so you can find me. Um, the fastest way to find me is AnnaMP.com. And that's just my first name, last name.com. And then it just takes you to the places of all the things that I'm up to, which there's quite a few things that I'm up to, but that's the fastest way. You can also find me on Instagram, AMP1315. It's a great way to connect. You can also find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm the most responsive to messages on Facebook, Instagram, or through my website. And MP is spelled E-M-P-E-Y. So Anna MP. So thank you so much, Anna. I'm excited about our collaboration. I am excited that we get to help, it's going to help so many people do what we did, create a business that supports not only the people and the communities they love, but also supports their lives so that they can live the life they want to live. Yeah. And I'm excited too. And thank you so much for the difference that you make, Anne-Marie. And Thank you for whoever's listening for the difference that you make. You know, I don't have to know you to know that you make a difference. And that's just because if you're showing up and you care that that's a whole, that's a whole other level. And that's the world I want to live in. So thanks for being part of it. And here we go. Let's go, Henry. Let's go. <laughs> You've been listening to Queer Business Success, the podcast that highlights LGBTQIA plus businesses. New episodes are published regularly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other listening platforms. Wherever you're listening, take a moment to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you an entrepreneur who's also queer? Want to share some of your wisdom and experience with the rest of us? We'd love to have you on the show. Just click the link in the show notes to apply to be a guest. Until next time, queer friends and allies, keep taking care of business.